All righty. Well, welcome back, Doug and Charlie here. Uh, and we've got a guest in the studio today. Uh, we are joined today uh, by our good friend, uh, our, our lovely parasocial friend, uh, Kevin Big Lettuce Burns. Kevin, how are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm, do- I'm doing pretty great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, having me on here, platforming me. Of course, of course. Uh, you will have heard by now at least one episode prior to this uh, with some really fucking sick theme music. Uh, and first of all, we have to give credit. That comes Kevin Burns is our official DJ, maestro, producer, whatever you want to call him. That was all credit to him. So thank you, bro, for hooking us up with that. Hey, my pleasure. At least I could do it for some friends. You know what I mean? Nice, nice. We got him on the keys, but we're not talking ketamine. Oh, if you, uh, look at that. If you catch my drift. Not at all. I mean, unless you guys want to talk about ketamine. You know. oh. <laughs> After 11. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, ketamine doesn't a little early in the morning for, for K talk. K, you know? K, K doesn't seem like something you're doing at 5 p.m. That's like a, that's like a 1 a.m. type drug, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. It's definitely the after the first party uh, type deal from, 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 from what I've experienced. But oh, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, well, hey, we'll start things off with a little bit of a vibe check. How you been doing? What's been going on in your life? What's 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 going on in your end of the world? Uh, <clears throat> so not much. Um, been actually pretty low key January. I feel like my output has not been uh, as good. So I do. I do a whole bunch of things. I do a I do a food uh, show on YouTube and Instagram that I purposefully was taking January and February off from the stockpile episodes, but I've been lazy about um, getting those set. But I got some cool stuff coming. Um, started doing it before actually uh, uh, COVID happened, and it, I was just like cooking with my friends and stuff. But then more people started watching when I I revamped it this summer and started doing like going to restaurants and stuff. Sick. Um, yeah, people like that more. People rather see what I want to eat than watch me cook it, I guess. So, <laughs> the, hey, that's I, that's what people want to see. That's I'll happily go eat and, and pull my camera out. I'm shameless. Yeah. Um, so I got I got some more episodes of Excellent Taste. That's my series. Uh, that's going to be coming up. Um, I also I rap. Uh, Big Lettuce is my rap name. I've been rapping for, um, I'll expose my age here. I've been rapping since 1997 when I was nine years old. I'm 33. Damn, uh, wow. I'm an old, I'm an old man. And I I've love been, that. I've been rapping since like right after Biggie died. Uh, I got into Biggie right after he died and decided I wanted to start rapping and recording myself on my karaoke machine in the basement. And now I still do it, but I don't really have that big of an audience. It's mostly for fun, but you know, I got some I got some friends who get me into shows here and there, so it's always that's always good. But I got uh, so I'd, actually that's the one thing I did in January. I cut an entire album in a weekend, um, which Whoa. was yeah. It, it, I was not planning because I usually kind of have like projects I'm thinking about ahead of time, um, but this I just was like I had an album I did in 2020 called The Great Indoors. Um, which was, you know, a lot, you know, we were all indoors and, uh, I just was like, well, I'm house sitting right now. I'm currently house sitting for my parents. They're in Florida right now. Um, and I'm, I'm indoors. I I don't want to leave. I just want to sit in the house, especially because the weather hasn't been so wonderful. Uh, so I just recorded, uh, an album and that was, that was a weekend. And usually I put something out on my birthday, uh, every April, um, I always put a project out, but I, I didn't know I was going to do something else this year. And I decided instead, I'm just going to do this one. We're actually going to have a release party for it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really sick. So if you, anybody, if you're in the, uh, the capital region of New York state, 
or anywhere in New York State on uh, Sunday, April 17th. Come on down to Troy, New York. Come to the Whiskey Pickle. Let me know ahead of time. There's going to be info ahead of time. We're going to do a whole release party. I'm going to bartend while rapping, um, which is I've, I've cooked while <laughs> rapping rocks. before. Uh, but we'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, I've, I've, it's it's fun to multitask. So, yeah, I got I got a I got a new album. That's that's the great indoors too. I hate doing sequel title albums, but this one really is uh, the spiritual sequel to that album. Um, kind of vapor wavy. I've been on like a swing rap thing, like Sinatra uh, influence beats uh, for the last year. That's kind of what I've been working with, and I'm deviating a little bit because I love vapor wave and I just want to do some some melty sounds so that's kind of what this one is um that's what the last one was too there was some like it was like vapor wavy ish uh kind of uh the first grade indoors so that's coming out um in april i'm not going to put it on streaming uh doug actually influenced me and i'm going to get it printed on cd so i'm going to be selling cds of it with a download link uh doug doug had a tweet about enjoying cds and i had been thinking about getting cds printed up for this album so i was like okay that's my sign right there i'm gonna do it so it's gonna be on cd and Bandcamp only for like a month or two and then like it'll pop on i'll set the streaming date to like premiere because i gotta get my usb code so i gotta i gotta up, <laughs> or my upc code whatever it's called yeah. i gotta i gotta upload it so um so i can sell it retail um but that'll come out early summer we're gonna we're gonna sell so. that exclusively in person and on Bandcamp, so i can get actual uh monetary support and not my you know, a fraction of a penny for the few streams I get. So Bandcamp that'll be fun, rocks, man. Yeah. I love Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, I, I've the few dollars I've ever made for music have been from people supporting me on Bandcamp. So always, always been a Bandcamp fan. Um, I got stuff on there that goes back over a decade, like before, before anything of mine was on streaming. So I've wow. been a band, been a Bandcamp guy forever. I love Bandcamp. Um, and then I also, I write a lot. I don't know if this, I try not to like talk about, Cause it's like a kind of a trope of like, Oh, the guy's writing a book and he talks about writing a book, but I'm actually working on four books right now. And it's, and I really need to like, yeah, I got to focus. So I got all these short stories written and I'm trying to like pigeonhole edit them and then pick the right ones to have like a book of short stories. I'm going to just sell copies myself and try and pitch them to publications, you know, like all the places that print stories. Um, but I have three novels that I've been working on one for like seven years, one for like, a year and one for like like six months um there yeah i gotta like pick one at a time but yeah so hmm. I, I do that in addition to my two newsletters stale popcorn which is about bad movies not necessarily bad but they're bad they have terrible rotten tomatoes ratings and and that's usually my my impetus to watch them um and then i also have one called but uh uh which is just whatever i feel like writing about but i've been slacking on my newsletters this year i've been absolutely slacking i gotta catch back up i just go to sit down and write and i'm like ah i'm too burnt out from working on the the fiction shit so but yeah that's what i got going on chilling house sitting until the end of march my parents take a long vacation every couple years and i just i live 15 minutes from them so i just come here and set set up shop and that's kind of the vibe lately you know and then just working and shit yeah. No, that's sick. It, Hell it's, yeah. it's cool because I mean, one of the things after we met uh, last summer, I realized was you have your hands in a lot of different pots and a lot. Of, you've got a lot of I- different irons in the fire, uh, which I think is really cool that you're able to produce that much out there in different mediums. Uh, how did you get into all of that? Like, obviously, you have a long history of doing music. You write. You, I mean, you're published multiple times in the Drunken Canal. Uh, what shout would you say to, is shout like? Shout out the Goots. Shout out, shout out Goots, shout out Claire. Uh, what would you say is like your main focus? Do you have a main focus? What, where, where do you go from there? 
also can we can we break it down by like like media produced as well like start yeah. with one and then like and like progress it so that we can, yeah, we yeah. can like see yeah. yeah get like a kind of a line so um i guess we could talk about writing first um that's kind of where i'm trying to go uh, my job right now is you know it's just a job um i'm trying to actually get some kind of writing work uh as as life progresses i would like to be paid for my writing um and that's what i would ideally like to do it's a little tough to to eke out a full living unless you're you know out there as a name and people actually want to read you so you know that's that's the push now not necessarily even fiction that's what i I enjoy and get the most out of but i would love to just you know write for websites and stuff like that so i'm trying to push more to do that this year but i started writing just in general, like when I was, you know, nine or 10 years old, I, I always kept like journals and, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, any assignments we had for like creative writing, when they'd come up in school, I would get amped on it. I'd bang it out the park. And I remember in high school, I wrote, we had some assignment. It was like, uh, they gave us a bunch of these pictures of just like checks with like names on them and dates. And you had to like write a story about them. And I wrote like, I've always been a big Twilight Zone person. I'm a big I'm a big plot twist guy, and that's a, has a lot to do with my fiction. I'm, my roommate have said that before. He's like, oh, you're just going to have like a tragic plot twist in whatever you end your <laughs> stories with. And it's like, no, it's not always tragic. It's just sometimes there's a twist, you know? That's life. You get surprised. But um, so I, I can't remember all the details, but I wrote, a, I wrote like a, a – I wrote like a funeral story, but it was like had a twist and it was somebody else and like all the people were imposters and all this crazy shit and it was a twist. I don't even remember the story, but say that to say this, um, I left it on my dad's work computer where I typed it up and he found it, had no idea what it was and read it. He was like, what's this? This is really good. And I was like, oh, I wrote that for class. He was like, you wrote this? Like he was, he was surprised. So I was like, oh, oh, okay, maybe maybe writing will be, you know, fun then. So that was, that was high school. And, uh, I started a novel in senior year that was, I'm so glad I lost the papers for that. Cause like, you know, we were 17, you should not be writing a book about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about anything. Um, I mean, that's cool. If you can pull that off, I'm not a genius. So that doesn't work. Um, Shouts out Christopher Paolini <clears throat> who wrote all of Aragon just based on star Wars at age 14 or something like that. <laughs> well, shout out to the guy. Yeah. That's well, he's well. See, genius. Uh, he fucking, I'm not a genius. Nah, he just he just like ripped Star Wars and then and then like <laughs> put out these thousand page books. All went on to huge, huge commercial success. I was like, yeah. I mean, one I, of the worst movie adaptations I've ever horrific, fucking seen. <laughs> horrific. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. I have not seen Aragon. You've never seen the Dude, Aragon movie? That no. has you know, to you know be... Aragon though, right? Yeah, Obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I'm oh familiar my with God. it. I also had no idea he wrote it that young. Yeah, he was but... super yeah, young. No, not the tangent, but like you can you you could ask my roommate, my best friend. He he'll the two things I I will be yelling through the house is I'm a fucking genius and I. I am a fucking idiot. So like I have my, <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle, but like I'll have my moments where, you know, I'm putting something, getting something mixed in, in my music and I'm like, yes, I'm a genius. And then like 20 minutes later, my computer's spazzing on me and then I'm an idiot because I did something. But you know, that's the duality of man there. But anyway, so when I went to college, I got really, I took like any creative writing class I could. Everybody kind of like sucked in the classes, which kind of happens at college. Um, I mean, not, my shit wasn't good. It was 18 year old fiction. Um, but I enjoyed it and there were some good people. So I ended up like taking like writer workshops and I, like things where I gave up weekends for <laughs> chunks of my semester to go and 
also people suck because you could just pay your way in um but it gave me a, an idea of what like i i didn't want to do which is which is very helpful because i saw what everybody else was trying to write i guess which was a good because it was all ages and that kind of stuff you know what i mean like it was kind of could see who around here wants to write at least it's doing this kind of path that i was doing at 18 19 20 and what they're writing so it gave me an idea um and i've kind of just on and off work since that i have one book um a book of short stories that i wrote from the ages of 20 to 21 and uh you know have one copy sitting on my bookshelf just to have for posterity i will not let anybody read it um i had people read it back a decade ago that were like oh you know this is good and they're like i like this story i like this story i'm like ah, i read it like a year ago and i was just cringing to death it was it's bad but that's I, i'm sure that's anybody but like i don't want to and nobody needs to read this stuff i, I could do more but I've had just like novels that I've been gotten like 60% done on and just like abandoned because I'm just like this sucks or like this was too of like one was oh this was definitely like a 2011 book and I didn't have it done in 2014 so it's like there's no point you know like things time out but one that I'm working on that I'm really excited about that's like shapeshifted a bunch uh, I've been working on it since 2014 um, that one I'm probably going to complete second because it's just I kind of have to get into the character and the character's a little psychotic. So, so I don't like to write that one as much. Like you really can get lost. We don't need you Heath Ledgering on us, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Wait till, <laughs> wait till I got some other ones done. Cause then once I have a full one completed, I've never fully completed a novel Then I can be like, all right, I have the satisfaction. Now I know I'm just getting in the mode. You know what I mean? So there's something kind of scary yeah. about the idea of, uh, of being like method, like method acting in it in, in and of itself is kind of a scary concept, but to think about like writing a book in a sort of method acting style where you have to get into that character, uh, oh, that sure. sounds like a trip. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. None of my stuff is really personally based. It's not like there is element, you know, there's parts of the book where it's like, one of my friends will be like, wait, that happened to us at the bar. The, you know, nothing that important to the plot, but like you fill details with like life around you. But I know like some authors that I've, I've read and I've, and look, you know, read interviews after I've read the book where they're like, yeah, I had to go to like, check myself into like Bellevue after like writing this. Cause Fuck. they're really addressing their yeah. demons. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, you know, that's Sylvia Plath. Like, you know what I mean? Like she wrote the bell jar and fucking killed herself. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm. Just the and Anne Sexton, did Anne Sexton kill herself? She's a poet who just wrote tortured poetry about like all the about you know trying to exist as a woman and and the time period she did. And I'm ninety nine percent sure she either killed she killed herself or just took too many barbiturates. But um, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like authorship can get pretty dark, but that's why I'm kind of fortunate. I'm not digging into personal trauma necessarily. Uh, if anything, I'll go explore like a bad day and how it could have gone fictionalized and like rewrite a lot of elements. You know what I mean? Like you'll never know that's what it was based on, but you know, I'll, I'll find ways to explore the things that upset me. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I don't think I'll go insane from writing as, as far as I can hope. But, uh, who would so, yeah, you say your biggest influences are as a writer? Like what authors do you look up to? Um, Christopher Paolini. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. J.R. Tolkien. I'm just gonna my next. I'm just gonna rip off Aragon. Then that's just the next. That's the, yep. obvi that's the obvious. Yeah, a rip of a yes, rip of a rip. And this time you'll but just you'll like, do Aragon in space. <laughs> yeah, or just like in Toledo, Ohio. Like it'll just you know it, it'll it'll be an artsy interpretation. It'll be an A24 version. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. A24 Aragon. Um, that that'll be good. <laughs> Um, 
But uh, my my favorite authors, Joan Didion, R.I.P. to the goat. She just recently passed. Um, she's she did uh, more journalism than fiction, but the way she wrote was incredible. Um, Ray Carver is probably my all time favorite author. Um, he just drank himself to death in the eighties. Uh, he mod- he like revolutionized the modern short story. Uh, he's the king of minimalism. Um, his shit's just so dark, and it's not even like written on the page. It's just like grungy like kmart coupon reality of the late 70s poverty alcoholism and it's it but it's funny it's like i don't know he's amazing he's he was he was the best uh jay mcinerney is probably my favorite um living author uh he's just had a really funny career because now he's just married to um a uh an heiress to the hearst uh publications um you know fortune so he hangs out with his billionaire wife and drinks fucking ten thousand dollar bottle of wine and eats at all the restaurants in new york city that like i have eaten at once and like could never afford to again you know what i mean like that's just what he does so he just like writes about wine sometimes he don't even write no more he's like i got fucking a billionaire wife i'm just gonna chill uh but an yeah, artist's that's, dream yeah <laughs> truly but i feel like i'd, I'd produce a lot more work because i'd have a lot more leisure time to sit around and you know i always say like if i win the lottery the first thing i'm gonna do is get every book idea i've ever had done i'm gonna buy 10 pounds of weed and fucking lock myself in the house and and crank it (laughs) out you know what i mean like it's it's that's that's the formula but uh yeah yeah so that's 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 the writing stuff um music i like i said i started when i was nine um i heard uh biggie and and puff daddy as he was back then diddy now um and i really wanted to, to do that and my raps obviously at nine years old were (laughs) <laughs> really bad um, it was just you screaming like it, it was just you screaming realize realize i wasn't <laughs> over, even that deep. i was just barely rhyming <laughs> things um and actually like i've done a lot of different music so i also like started playing guitar at the same time but like ditched it for a while got back in in high school and i i did like kind of like pop punky stuff on my own and then i had i played in a blues band i played bass in like old chicago style blues um me and my high school buddies uh, and that was, that was awesome. Um, it was really fucking cool, but like the way bands were around here at the, at that time, like we either had to like play on bills with like 45 year olds or like play emo music. So we could never get gigs. And like the few gigs we had were just so awesome because we, we, I don't know, we, even during like practices, we were basically like performing, like we always just, we were on, we had a great chemistry, but my drummer at the time, uh, was in like 15 hardcore bands aside from our band, which is kind of how the scene was. And I don't know if it still is with the hardcore scene, but, um, so yeah, we ended up tapering off in college, which kind of sucked, but I just got, I started rapping again. Cause I would just like take little, you know, pieces and time off. I rapped all through high school and, and got into some beefs with a couple other kids who rapped at high school. Nice. Sick. I won. Um, yeah, it was kind of easy, but yeah, no, that's, that was, it was fun. People like that. My nickname from the, from all the seniors when I was a freshman was just rapper. They just call me, Hey rapper, Hey rapper. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, I did that in high school, kind of took a couple years off to work on the blue stuff and got back into it in college and just never stopped. Um, I've worked with, I used to just take like, like my stuff from up until like 2010 was just dog shit. Like I had cool edit pro, which was like a 1998 yeah. software, Hell a radio yeah. shack, mic, downloaded like stolen beats and I didn't know how to mix. So I just would like, okay, cool. Bounce it down and send it out. Like that was 
for years. And I put out a mixtape every other week for like two years for at one point where just, I would get out of work and just like rap <laughs> and be like, all right, we got 15 songs. Cool. Now we can go live life. Like, cause like, I don't know at the end of the day, I can make a ton of songs in a day. Like when I sit down and want to work on it. Um, but that's when I did that. I've, and then started working with producers and going to like actual studio setups. Um, I've had the good fortune to work with some good people. I've been in some great groups. Uh, got a shout out to Sa, got a shout out to Alfredo, got a shout out to Buckets. Uh, those are my my core brothers in, in my music stuff. Uh, we have a, a super group called Five Deer in the Coop. Um, nice. The fifth deer is you, the audience. Oh, uh, oh that's clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that took a minute. First it was, oh, whoever's the guest on the album or whatever. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's they're the fifth year. But, uh, yeah, that's inclusion, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we, we do stuff sporadically, but you know, everybody got, you know, we're all grown men. Everybody got wives and kids and stuff like that. Not, not me. I'm swinging single baby, but, um, you know, we're all different, different points. So we get together, do it when we can, but it's tougher to do these days, obviously, but we still, you know, that's, that's, that's my crew. Um, and, and, uh, very very happy to have all the experiences we've had we've had some great shows we've done some done some good work um and yeah i just i i uh now i'm just i mostly work with uh kitty sherbinsky who is uh my my core producer um kitty knows the sounds in my head very well so uh helps out uh getting my songs done that's what i've been working with for the last uh year and a half and then aside from that working with my friend good food um down in uh he lives in Jersey City in New Jersey. Big shout out to him. It was his birthday yesterday, the day before we're recording this. I don't know what day shout this is going to come out. But yeah, big shout out to my boy Good Food. He's a phenomenal producer. Um, and him and I are, got some stuff cooking up that's just we're taking our time on it because we wanted, we like doing it in person. Um, but yeah, he's he's the man. That's my boy. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we got working on now. Like I said, I got a new album coming out in April uh definitely gonna want to go support me on Bandcamp and get that because it ain't gonna be on streaming until like memorial day uh you know it's it's, it's fun i enjoy doing it trying to trying to get some more shows this year covid kind of obviously stopped most artists um you know performance but i had not been doing like jack shit at all for performances for a while um because of my job at the time i'm sure we'll get into that if we talk about food stuff um but I just hadn't been performing. I hadn't at the time and was just starting to make some connections in like February 2020. And it's like, oh, we got this show's coming up and we got this thing coming up. My friends had like a festival I was going to do a cooking and rapping thing at. And it was like, oh, this is fucking perfect. And then obviously we all know what happened. So yeah. that kind of halted some progress. And now I'm out trying to just uh, trying to work on. I had a show in Brooklyn that I it was it was Food's show, but he had me up to do the song we had that was on his last well last album that he had me on. Um and we did he got me up on stage to do that. Uh that was awesome down in Brooklyn. That was in early November. Um and I hadn't performed live in forever, so that was it was great. It was a good time. Uh, cuz and you know, just a great venue. Um big shout out to my boy Rich Jones from Chicago. It was his album release party. Uh Rich is the man as well. Um and hopefully I can get some stuff cooking up with Rich this year. That's my boy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of that's where we're at for the music. Uh, the food show is kind of self-explanatory. I kind of my little description of it I already already said it. Really, I just I go around to eat, um, tell you about where, what I like at the place. It's all mostly places um, I eat myself. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I go out of town like once a week to eat. 
I, I'm from Albany, New York. Uh, it's the capital of New York, but there's nothing here. Um, <laughs> like literally there's like a bubble around Albany where we won't get like shit. Like I'm a big soda guy. I don't know if you guys know that as well. Oh, but we know. We, we know. That's right. how. Right. We see. know. I've don't done my work. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. Research. All right. Cool. All right. So yeah, I'm 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 a bubbly man. Um, and uh, for years we couldn't get pineapple Fanta in Albany, like until 2015, what the and that's fuck? one of the yeah, it's one of the core four flavors. Like it wasn't even you like oh anything. Yeah, we have four. Well, now there's like eight like main flavors, but for for years it was orange, pineapple, strawberry, grape, and pineapple. Like I would go to the city or even like because the second I get to like Kingston, New York, which is like an hour south, that's when I'd start seeing it in stores. There was literally like, and then up like an hour and a half north, it's like there's a bubble around Albany where we don't get the good stuff. And so I used to, I mean. I used to go down to the city with a duffel bag and fill my bag with drinks. Like I used to, I like peach snapple, not peach tea, but the peach juice, summer peach. Like you couldn't get that up here. And I used to bring, I used to be lugging a fucking duffel bag full of glass snapple bottles, like through Grand Central Station. And same with pineapple fan. I used to buy like 20 bottles at a time when I'm out of town because it's my favorite soda. And like, I couldn't get it. Like if I'd go to Massachusetts, even like next state over, um they have it at the grocery store i buy five two liters because it's right there you know but um i I, our area is kind of limited we don't have albany's great because it's in proximity to so many things you can get to montreal in like four hours you can get to new york city in like two and a half uh you can get to jersey in two you can get to massachusetts depending on where in massachusetts you can be in massachusetts in 45 minutes um you can get to Syracuse in two and a half hours. All these big cities that are like nearby, like it's five hour drive to Toronto from here. But like, it, it's uh, it sucks. We we just don't. We have there's a lot of good stuff around here, and there and all those people know. I hope they're not taking insult if they are listening because there's there's restaurateurs that are my friends that uh, they are featured on episodes and upcoming episodes. And I love the stuff around here, and I frequent them. But I'm also a fast food weirdo. I love fucking fast food. I try to eat less of it because I'm getting getting a little belly. Um, but I love the we don't have we don't we just miss out on fast foods that i can get like an hour and a half two hours away so i'm always going to white castle uh going to shake shack white castle is like my my kryptonite like you put that near me i'm done uh that's my favorite thing but um you know that's just been my thing forever just like let me get out of town we we didn't have a 7-eleven around here for until last year and ours kind of sucks like it doesn't have that much i'm a 7-eleven junkie so i am always down like oh it's fucking two in the morning well 7-eleven is 90 minutes like a good one let's just roll out and we'll go hit that and it's i love snacks and soft drinks and things like that and uh and i'm always down for taking a little road trip so the food show i just started showing everybody because everyone's oh where are you getting this pizza oh uh, frank peppy's in connecticut oh where are you getting this hot chicken sandwich oh bird coat okay well people want to know let's fucking show them all the places i drive out to and, and go to and um so that's that's kind of how we got rolling with that my new season is going to be um one of my friends we're starting out he actually has like we got three or four places now. So he's, we're doing it like Diner Stravens and dive style. Like he's going to take me Guy Fieri in the kitchen and we're, we're going to walk through and eat some stuff. It's going to not just be me showing up and buying a meal. Um, that's my boy, Chris. Uh, so that's going to be sometime in March. Those will be coming out um, new season, but we got a few episodes with him. Another one of our friends is opening a place. So we're going to do a little grand opening episode with him. So that'll be the, like the first month of episodes is all going to be like their places. Cause I do one a week. Um, and then, yeah, we'll get, we'll get it popping from there. We'll see what else we got, uh, in the hopper. And, um, 
yeah, I think uh, that's that's all I'm working on, right? I can't even <laughs> can't even think of my guy any other creative projects right now. I think that's it. So we've heard a lot. You've got a lot going on, which I think is really cool. And I think it'd be fun to take a little bit of time just to hear a little bit about more of the specificality, if that's even a word, about some of the things. Uh, I want to talk about – firstly, I want to talk about uh, your Specificality? Newsletter. What the fuck, bro? Speci- specif- specificity? Is that the word I'm looking for? The I don't specifics. know, bro. Specifications. Oh, yeah, yeah whatever. I like you know it. what? It's been a long, hard day of work. Uh, Look, the postmodern approach to language is like Doug is occupies the same space Little Wayne does. He modifies the language to make it work where he needs it. I re- probably the best I compliment I've that. ever gotten I in my life. It a lot. <laughs> All right, I'm wrong. Oh, I'm the you know what? Yeah, fuck you, Charlie. You're a dumb. No, bitch. that's a neutral take. Just <laughs> language is, you know, it's all interpretive. I had this discussion with someone. Today, it's all subjective. But... Just. It's like jazz, you know, there is no wrong chord, right? There's no wrong word. Well, there's a, uh, there's a bunch of so, wrong words, but that's uh Oh yeah. yeah. I just keep digging and digging and that, digging. That was and a digging. What, what month is February? Uh, what month is <laughs> yeah, February? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's Black History Month, bro. It's the second month Black History Month. We're here, baby. Let's Doug go. Doug is just so woke. Uh, he wouldn't have even so, thought those words were words to say. Bro, so that's why. Yeah. I'm just so fucking woke that sometimes I just can't even process I how can't woke go to sleep. I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Kev, you've got a newsletter. It's called Stale Popcorn, uh, where he famously review a lot of bad movies. Uh, we're curious, though, before how, how did that idea before we get into the specific questions? Uh, how did that idea even come up? Like, what's the inspiration behind that? So I love garbage. Um, <laughs> nice. I absolutely love the trash media. Like, I, I love that shit. So I've always kind of been super fascinated with bad movies. Um, I saw a movie at like 3 a.m. with one of my best friends when we were like 11. It was called Flypaper, and I'll never, I'll never forget it. Well, I'll never forget it because Lucy Liu was topless in it. But um, <laughs> nice, like, yeah, the, like at the end, I still can't process it. You can't stream it anywhere, so I gotta like find a DVD of it. You can't even like rent it. Um, but like at the end, I just remember some guy got like stabbed in the head, and he was still wandering around. He got in like the car with like this family at a, a burger joint and he's just like 50 cheeseburgers. So they're like 50 cheeseburgers. They like order for him and then they're like, daddy, he's going to die. And like, that was the end of the movie. What? And I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, this is, what is this yeah, movie so, called? Flypaper. Flypaper. And I, now we watched it again, but that's what burned into my memory is the 3am watch. I don't remember any details from when I've seen the movie all the way through, but I really want to watch it again sometime. I got to find a DVD on eBay. Um, but that was my first bad movie that I got super fascinated on. Um, and then like in college, I just, you know, I still do it. The old Wikipedia wormhole, you just, you know, start clicking on stuff and you end up 85 tabs deep. And I used to real, I used to look up just like obscure movies and shit like that. And you'd end up on, you know, the list of like what the worst of all time are. So I've, I had a, a big fascination with bad movies at that point. A lot of them you couldn't get on DVD and I had the same friend that I saw Flypaper with. Uh, he had a friend that, like, you know, would torrent movies and bootleg them, but he'd find, like, like it, like, I don't know, like, import version qualities. They were all really good. And he, I gave him a list of, like, movies. And he even asked my friends, like, is, is he sure he wants these? Like, these? He's going to pay me for, for <laughs> these? And my, and my friend's like, yeah, he, this is what he likes. So um, I got really into, there's, there's a few, you know, The Room, obviously, uh, Tiptoes which I'll be writing about soon. It's, it's, it's a movie about little people. It's a, it's sensitive to even write about it. Cause it's just like 
where where are we here? <laughs> Gary Oldman plays uh, the the um, little person twin brother of regular size Matthew McConaughey um, in 2003 within what? their established careers. Yeah, it's, Wait, it's a mindfuck. so actual um, Matthew McConaughey so is yeah, also that's... in this movie as well as actual Gary yeah. Oldman. Matthew McConaughey... Yeah, Matthew McConaughey and and Kate Beckinsale are in love, and he gets her pregnant, and then he reveals to her that his family's all little people, and then he has he has them meet the family. So Peter Dinklage is in this before he was big, but he play he plays a French he plays a <laughs> well, French. Well, I mean, he's still not big. Well, no, oh, god damn it, canceled. Charlie! We're canceled. God damn we're it! Canceled. We're already canceled. This is like canceled. episode three, and you just fucking canceled, canceled this, you piece of shit. Hey. We we're going to get there eventually, right? You um, know, I expected that from me as the ignorant American, but you're from socialist woke Australia, bro. Come on now. Socialist woke Australia, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, so, yeah, well, he played a, uh, a French uh, Marxist who pulled guns on everybody in the movie. Um, yeah, nothing made... <laughs> Wait, is this yeah. the same movie as the one with yeah, Peter Dinklage? Yeah, Peter, that's, that was Peter Dinklage's <laughs> character. Like, Peter Dinklage should have just been the lead actor, like, in Gary Oldman's role. But Peter Dinklage defends the movie still, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, all of a sudden, like, in the middle of the movie, Matthew McConaughey, like, like, Kate Beckinsale, who at the beginning asks if, like, little people have feelings, it's, like, the most insensitive shit ever, um, like... At, like then she becomes so bonded with the family and the possibility that her baby is probably going to be a little person that Matthew McConaughey doesn't understand her because she's bonded so much with his own family that raised him. Like it doesn't make any sense. The last like scene with their dialogue, it sounds like they're just, they were talking to two completely different people and they spliced it up. Like it's the movie's unbelievable. <clears throat> Apparently there's like a two and a half hour director's cut that makes sense of it, but I don't want, I don't, if I could see that someday, I would. But I, I'm not gonna lie; I'd watch it. But yeah, that's that's my that oh that's my one of my God. like obsessive like mindfuck movies. Um, it's even just watching the trailer on YouTube will give you the whole movie, and it's unbelievable. It's called Tiptoes. So, uh, but I've always I've been into bad shit forever. Um, and people ask for recommendations. Uh, I always recommend Saved by the Bell, the new class, not the original, the new class. That's my that's one of my favorite TV shows. Seven seasons of. Just characters dropping out, new characters here. Screech is the vice principal, and him and Mr. Belding not only run the school, they have, like, four stores in the mall. Like, they'll spend, like, half the season at space camp, so, like, they're never in school. It makes no sense. It's, like, a mindfuck of a show, and that's one of my absolute favorites that people are just like, how the fuck do you watch this? But Where do you stand on, like, the mid-aughts, like, late like mid 2000s early 2010 cw shows like gossip girl fucking 90210 like vampire diaries like to me that's some of my favorite bad entertainment i'm curious like if you cla if you fuck with that yeah no i, I do like i'm that. not i've everything i've watched from those shows i've enjoyed but not those yeah. aren't that at that point when all those were on tv i stopped watching like tv like anytime I got mm. into a series that I didn't already watch, like that I wasn't watching before that just cause I was working like, you know, 40, 50 hours a week and also in school at that time. So I just like, I, ch I chose my media. I wanted to watch this dog shit instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I couldn't keep up with TV that well for years. And still like, like I watched Breaking Bad like five years after it went off the air, like at my, at one of my, my, at my last, you know, I used to own a food stand and we had a TV in the booth. We, we watched a lot of uh, uh, shit between making orders. So they made me watch the whole Breaking Bad because I had tried to watch it a couple times and never saw it. So it's like, I don't even see the good shows. I end up watching them years after they come out, unless it's something I'm, I'm like currently hooked on, 
um, which re- well, that's like the joy of Netflix. I mean, I didn't watch Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, fucking One Tree Hill. I didn't watch any of that. One shit Tree Hill, like, I, late I got high school. That post- was my high school girlfriend's show, and she used to be all oh, she used to be tied up triggered. in that, tied up in that. We and we couldn't make out, so it was like, oh, I gotta wait for this fucking shit to end, <laughs> like you know, so. That's so funny. Not now, yeah. babe. Yeah. I'm too busy watching one. Tree. Was, was it Ephraim? Oh, was man. the character Ephraim? Oh, I can't even remember. I just remember Chad Michael Murray, bro. That dreamy bastard. Yeah, that's well. That's probably Ephraim then, because she was. I, I, you remember <laughs> the names of the men you're competing with? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Imagine not having high school sex because your girlfriend was too busy watching. One was, Imagine trying been, to get someone your girlfriend's watching fucking uh, Chad Michael Murray and, and Hillary, whatever, her, Burton, uh, make out all that. I mean, those, that was a hot cast of like mid 20 year olds well, trying to pass as high school it sophomores. Gets, it gets, you know, it gets them all hot and bothered so it gets them ready to go. No, for real though, <laughs> oh, like, true, true. Used, like, like, yo, not to, you know, hey, shout out to my high school ex. I'm still good friends with her. But. We used to put on like uh, um, Edward Norton movies because she had a thing where Edward Norton it was always on HBO. But you know we'd you know get busy twenty minutes in and it's like I know Edward <laughs> Norton was your fucking was your warm up, but I don't care. You know because you're not because I'm because I'm the dude here on the couch, so that's all that matters. But, yeah. <laughs> so kinda, I've always been into bad movies. Um, I have not been. I've never had like an output for my writing ever because a lot of people like don't even know I write. Um, and I've been, I wanted to start a newsletter for a while and I was out door dashing one night and I was just like, Oh, I'm going to do a newsletter about bad movies and I'm going to call it stale popcorn. And I like went home and did like the first issue and, and like, yeah. yeah, And the same week drunken canal published my first piece. So I was just like, okay, I can't stop now. I just got to fucking go. Even if like, I'll figure it out along the way, but that's gotten me back into the swing of, um, you know, just like writing again more and like being more disciplined and like letting people know I do it. So this year I'm going to really try and push to get published on websites and that kind of stuff. So fingers crossed for that. But yeah, the newsletter's fun. Um, I mostly do movies I like or have already seen or ones that I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And it's been on my list. Like I actually was going to do this Whoopi Goldberg movie this week, but Whoopi Goldberg had a scandal and I didn't want it to look like I was capitalizing, but this one's been in in my plans for months. So it's like, ah, fuck, I got to wait. Which one? It's called The Associate. So Whoopi was on a fucking hot streak of garbage in the mid nineties. And (laughs) every one of them, except the one I I own on DVD, because it's also not in print. Um, I I bought it a year ago and still haven't watched it because I'm making my roommate watch it with me. And he's always like, I don't want to watch that right now. Um, So... First, she did Made in America, and this is when she was dating Ted Danson. And in it, this is the this movie's incredible because she her daughter's uh, Nia Long, and she's dating Will Smith. And Will Smith is like the antithesis to Fresh Prince. And Nia Long was dating Will Smith on the Fresh Prince, so it was like the same time. And Nia Long is really the star of the movie because she wants to find out who her sperm donor father was. Whoopi Goldberg was guaranteed it was a black man, but it turns out it's Ted Danson, and he's this, like, kind of racist, like, Texan fucking truck salesman, and and obviously they fall in love and everything works out. But the movie poster pitches Will Smith, and he's got, like, two minutes in it. That's why it's like, Nia Long got erased from this movie in the the campaign. But the the movie did not do good, Um, and it's by my favorite... Yeah, it's, no it's shit. It's by my favorite bad movie director, Donald Petrie. He's done like everything he did in a row is like in my top like 
my top bad movies. Like he did The Favor, which is my ultimate that I always recommend if anybody wants one bad movie to start with. He did The Associate. He's done. Uh, he's dog shit. I love him. Donald Petrie, if you listen to my man, let me buy you a beer and pick your brain. I need to know what your thought process is on life. I just need to hear some stuff. It's probably bad. It's probably terrible. But um, so The Associate is actually Whoopi Goldberg going in. He made Richie yes, Rich. Yes, he did. And Wait. He's got well, hit. Richie Rich. See, that's <laughs> the thing. The I love bad movies, so they're hits to me. Richie Rich has terrible ratings. I did it as an issue recently. Um, really? Yeah. That was a childhood favorite oh, of time. mine. It's it's a banger, and yeah. it's it's a perfect movie. And like John Larroquette's so fucking perfect in it. And um, yeah, so like that was in his hot streak of shit to me because it's like if you go look at the, the the Rotten Tomato scores, they're all low. And like the favors is perfect. It's I can't even explain. It, it takes like uh like twenty minutes to explain the movie. It's just so fucking mind fucky. Tried to do it on a date last night, and it was just like we just gotta watch it. Um, which is you know that works too. Um, but like uh, I don't know. He's so the oh the associate. I'm sorry. I got on a Donald Petrie fucking obsession here. Um, <laughs> so Whoopi goes and does male white face to get a promotion. So it's like, what? yeah, like the, the, the spirits there. I haven't, I've never watched it. I was going to rent it for, for, to write about it. Um, but it's been on my plan for like a year when I first read about this shit. I was like, what? Whoopi Goldberg pretends to be a white to man get promotion and it works. And like the movie had like, it, like the social message was in the right place. Like black women are underused in the workplace and it was sure, in 1995, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it's a comedy movie. So like how, and it's by Donald Petrie. So it can't make any social change. Like what the fuck? Like. So, yeah, so, yeah, my man's on a hot streak. So that was what I was going to write about this week. Uh, I'm going to wait on Whoopi for a minute. Uh, we'll wait till the news forgets that, that, that uh, she has some controversy, um, which I didn't even look into really what she said. I was just like, I don't fucking care. I don't care, care, yeah. care what celebrities say. Um, but I don't want to look like I'm trying to be opportunistic. But I have a shitload of Whoopi Goldberg movies in the hopper. Um, the one on DVD I'm super excited about is called uh, – um, what's it called? Uh, Theodore Rex. She's a cop with an animatronic dinosaur cop as her partner in, in the real world. This movie cost $35 million to make, and it went straight to VHS. Like, they had some, like, sketchy Italian, like, investors in it. And, like, it's – it's everything I've read about it's terrible. I bought a DVD of it for, like, three bucks still sealed last year. It's just still sitting on my TV back at my house. Um, so, yeah, I want to – I definitely am amped to crack into that. That's going to be terrible. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to keep cranking them out. I got a long list. Some of them you're going to be like, why? That's not a bad movie. Why are you writing about that? But the thing is it's subjective. Of course, my tagline is just because a movie's bad doesn't mean it's not good. Um, there's a thing called bad watchable is kind of how I say, like, is it watchable? Like, even if it's bad, are you, are you still going to watch it and not be like, that sucked? Like, and I do write about ones that aren't watchable because sometimes it's like, I just want to write about this because it exists. But You're watching movies that are hot, ugly. You know how people are like, oh yeah, he's ugly, hot, he's hot, ugly, yeah. he's medium, hot, medium, ugly. Yeah, like I fucked this movie, but like, I, this is not my ideal yeah. movie. <laughs> like that's, well, you and, know? <laughs> and, and Charlie has a question for you after this. I, I just had something I wanted to get off my, off the dome real quick. Uh, but I, I'm curious, uh, what draws you to the bad movies? I mean, I I love like 
shitty stuff. Like, I mean, if a, like there's like, I have a few drive-in places like that. I like to eat here and see in the Seattle area that I call. It's like the best shitty food. Like sometimes just the greasy, the grossest stuff King. is know, the best I know, shit. I know this. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. Uh, is, are you watching these bad movies because you love to see that someone truly can make something so terrible? Is it just the charm to them? Like what draws you into uh, this? Overall. Yeah. Overall. It's the fact that this, was like this thing was made and like the like money was spent <laughs> yeah. on this and like a lot of times it's just like this sounds fucking crazy or like these people are in this fucking movie that has a five percent like let's watch this you know what i mean like so yeah. that's that's kind of the draw that's not all i watch just like i love fast food i also eat clean during the week and i go to nice restaurants but uh, at the same time like i'm a i'm a little slut for white castle and I love critically acclaimed <laughs> movies, TV shows, all that stuff, and I I digest it all the time. I I try and watch all the you know all the all the popping movies that come out. Um, I've I've been bad in the last year, but up until then, I I, I do I do pretty good, even if I see them a little late. Um, same with like I said with TV, I catch up eventually, but like I don't watch just like I do watch some trash TV. Mystery Diners is my favorite show, and that's yeah, or, and it's the it's scripted. It's eleven scripted fucking seasons of fake restaurant problems i don't know why it's just like the same thing it's like i can't believe these restaurants went along with this and ruined their reputation to fucking be on this guy like i've driven by one of the places and almost went in to be like how fucking fake was it tell me about how fake it was <laughs> but i didn't have time I, we were trying to get to the live throwing fits pod so i just passed it on i passed Love it driving that. i was like oh fuck that place was on mystery divers um but yeah no i don't know i i it's mostly the mind fuck of it, this exists um and a lot of times it's just like the storyline sounds crazy or the actors are in it and and I didn't know about it previously or it's been critically hailed as one of the worst movies ever. I got a fascination with, with that kind of morbid stuff. I don't like seeing dead bodies or anything like that, but I like seeing fucking dead movies. So it's a dead <laughs> um, ting either way. You know, like that's yeah, it's 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 buried and uh, I, I don't mind digging the grave up to to for, for my for my own personal viewing. But yeah. You said something earlier that like it just reminded me of an of a some an experience I had this summer. Uh, believe it or not, I had never seen uh, Goodwill Hunting. Ooh, classic. Um, and uh, this summer I was back home in Alaska, uh, and it, that movie like changed my life. Like it was like holy shit, like this was groundbreaking. Uh, and so I, I had this moment of inspiration where I wanted to go through and watch like everything Robin Williams had ever done because I really hadn't seen uh, other than like some of his major oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, and then I can't remember the name of the movie, um, but he has this movie with Woody Harrelson um, where he's like he owns a business in like super and far north rural Alaska, which hit home right. for me. Uh, and he's about to go under. Um, and then a mobster, uh, two groups of just idiot mobsters dump the bot a body in his trash can in outside of his business. Uh, and he remembers uh, his he has a brother that's been missing for like five or ten years, um, who's Woody played by Woody Harrelson, uh, and he decides to take the body, and put he covers the body in like bacon grease, uh, and then throws it out in the wilderness, uh, so that the wolves come and mangle up the body, and so he claims to be. Uh, like he found his brother's body. He like took his like brother's wallet or something with his ID, put it on the body so that he could claim his brother's million dollar life insurance policy. Uh, and, <laughs> but then he's got this super hard ass, like insurance fraud investigator guy, like convinced 
that he like is is like he's like chasing him. He knows it's bullshit. Uh, but then Woody Harrelson, who's like a psycho, shows back up. Uh, and now he's got all these problems trying to get his money. It's it, it it's a perfect bad movie, but it was like my first realization of like, wait, holy shit, Robin Williams was in this movie. This movie fucking is terrible. It's it's wild. Yeah, you should check I'm, it out. I'll I'm find the name and tell that you that is out. later and watch that tonight. Probably that sounds what insane. The- <laughs> dude, it's sick. I rented it on Amazon for like three. Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite humans, so I will be happy to watch oh, that. Oh, he's he's legendary. Robin Williams actually has a lot of bad movies that i don't know i don't even know the ratings but like i did one for at christmas i just did an onslaught of christmas movies and one was uh merry fucking christmas and it was him the guy from community uh my boy clark duke from uh most people know him from the office i love the show greek uh the abc family show greek yeah dude that show is sick that's one i got into last year like my roommate watched it when it was on and i made fun of him for it and then like so bad last year and now i've watched it three times all all through and Show's fucking great, but uh, yeah, the the movie's called The Big White, by the way. Okay, cool. it was made in two thousand five. Right, yeah, he was out of he was out of streak of making fucking dog shit back then. Like Death to Smoochie was uh the Edward one of my Edward Norton warm up movies <laughs> that uh, Robin Williams was in. <laughs> one hour photo. I th- I don't know if that had good ratings. That gets like its credit now as like a good psychological thriller, but back then it was dog piled on. But yeah, no, and and to what you were saying of like not having seen like classics, like. That happens to me too, where like I, last year around this time, I saw When Harry Met Sally for the first time all the way through because you've seen like most of those. I've never seen it. Well, okay, watch it because it's in my top five movies and I've watched it like 20 times okay. in the last year. And I've seen all Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal's good stuff before that. And I had seen like, you know, they do like pastiches of that of like scenes from that movie and stuff. So that was one of those movies where it's like, ah, I've, I've seen enough of it to get the point. But then watching it, it's like, this is fucking perfect. This movie's absolutely fucking perfect. And like, I love doing that. I love, I love watching a, an old movie that like, I don't know why I slept on it for so long. Cause everybody likes it for a reason. You know what I mean? And, uh, that uh, kind of happens. Like every couple of years I used to like have a thing where I'd watch swingers and I'd be like, swingers is the best movie ever. And then not, wa- <laughs> not watch it for a couple of years. And then last year I put swingers on like around the same time I, I watched when Harry met Sally and like really sat down and digested like the whole movie. And I had seen it probably 15 times before that, but like really it hit. And I, and now it's like, Oh, did it hit? Cause I also was just broke up with my like girlfriend and, and all that shit. Is it like that why it hit? But like, that isn't really why it hit. Cause I wasn't like, like Mikey lost in that, but that, and now like I've watched swingers like 85 fucking times in the last year. It's just like, it's, I think that's my favorite movie of all time. And it's like, I had to rediscover it cause I had seen it a million times, but like sometimes things just hit you at the right time. You know what I mean? Like you're meant to see them then. And yeah, like, like everybody laughs when they're like, Oh, swingers, your favorite movie. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking perfect. Like it's, and it was made for like $200,000. <laughs> like the movie's fucking perfect. Damn. It's wow. Fucking, yeah. And, and there's a lot of like, Aside from like John Favreau, who's my god, and like Vince Vaughn's in there, but like the like the smaller actors, like Alex Desaire is one of my favorite actors, and he's in there, and you know I follow him on the gram, and he mostly just plays jazz and hangs out and like does little roles. He's Carl in The Simpsons now, actually, though, so he actually's paid. Um, <laughs> he just took over as Damn. Carl in The Simpsons. I keep forgetting that. I'm like, no, he's household again. Um, but yeah, that's my <laughs> man, and he's uh, he's in that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, like I like you, sometimes you got to wait for the classes to come around, but. If you guys need garbage, you need some need some trash. You can subscribe to to uh, stale popcorn because that's where you're gonna find all the the choice, tasteful garbage. You know what I mean? The the hand selected um, 
you know, the, a curated is, list of dog shit is, is what I'm hearing. Yes, uh, that's what I was going for. It's yeah. the garbage that gets taken to the plastic right. machine. For I'm, five the, I'm the sorter. I'm sorting this shit. We're going to throw the chaff out and we're keeping the wheat, but the wheat's also been mangled and used. And we're, you know, I'm going to let you know of all this bullshit that's coming out that's, or not out, but that's out there. And sometimes it's like, yo, you got to spend that $2.99 to rent this shit because you kind of need to see this. Like, I, I'm writing about it for a reason. And I try and wait till, like, if there's a movie I want to write about that you have to pay for, I'll usually try and wait unless I really want to watch it and write about it. Um, till it's on, you know, every month, everything jumps from streaming service to streaming service. So I'll just like wait to be like, oh, okay, well, this one's on Netflix now. So I'll throw this on, write about this one. But half of them, I'm just like, just spend the three ninety nine. It's fucking worth it. You got three bucks. You yeah. hundred <laughs> like, percent. Um, so I, I, you've, you've thrown in some, some recommendations, but do you have like a, a starter pack of bad movies like give us give us like a top five obviously like the room's in there outside of the room okay we already know about it yeah the, the room you should be familiar with just pop culturally that's how i feel about the room um so my number one in the movie we judge all bad movies by that i never recommend to anybody because it's just like awkward to watch is college from 2008 starring drake bell uh, one of my uh, Drake Drake Campagna, who is now <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, Mexican pop singer Drake Campagna, <laughs> canceled child groomer uh, Drake Bell. Um, yeah, oh. piece of shit. But anyway, like this movie, this movie should have been assigned. Um, we randomly watched this one on my favorite app, Tubi, where all the garbage goes to die. <laughs> Tubi truth are over yes. here. Yes, I say, girl, let's Tubi and Doobie. You know, that's I'm on Netflix and chill. There's no point. <laughs> We're Tubi and Doobie now. That's like, that's, that's, that's the recipe right there for a successful uh, viewing evening. But so we saw that on there. Um, the reason we judge all movies by it is because it has a five on Rotten Tomatoes. So we like to dole out like, oh, this has six colleges or, you know what I mean? That's our unit of measure is like, oh, that's like yeah. the $5 bill of Rotten nice Tomatoes. Yeah. And so we, when we noticed that, like, and now, like, we'll be watching a movie and be like, how does this have a 42 and college only had a five? And it's like we we judge movies that have nothing to do with three high school friends who go to college for a visitation weekend and get into antics, like the most predictable movie ever. Um, <laughs> we don't, like, you know, we'll judge a, a thriller about a kidnapped child based on it. Like, this is this is nothing like, you know, this, how does this have a, a 60 and college has a five? Like, you know, like, but that's what my roommate and I do. We're, we're, we, we do that a lot. Um, so college, number one. Don't watch it. It sucks, but watch it. It's fucking, it's, it's entertaining at least. Um, number two is the, is the favor, which I mentioned earlier, uh, a Donald Petrie banger. Yep. Um, I'll try and do it quick. Cause this movie's incredible. I got into the favor cause I like vintage movie clothes. Uh, vintage, I'm a big vintage guy over new usually. Um, and I was looking for all the, I, I got a couple like good vintage movie hats and there was one on Etsy for the favor. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I looked it up and I was like, how have I never heard of this movie? This is the perfect storm for me. Like this movie's perfect. So I bought the hat. The hat's too tiny. Like instead of a snapback in the back, it's just like a scrunchie, but it's the perfect hat. So it's like a decoration. <laughs> it's like when your kids get big enough, Doug, I may gift one of your children with the hat because somebody's got to be worth Hell it. It's a yeah. favorite hat. It's, it's perfect because um, it's got a great logo. But anyway, so woman's married for like 10 years to Bill Pullman and um, she keeps having sex dreams about her high school boyfriend who she never fucked so she asked her single friend who's dating tortured artist brad pitt um this movie was shelved this movie was, yeah this movie was shelved for three years and then came out after brad pitt got hot um also uh he's like a side character and they pushed him <laughs> as like the star um 
So he, she asked her friend a favor to go find her ex-boyfriend from high school and fuck him and, and tell her how it is. And then all this shit happens that, like, you need to suspend <laughs> belief for an hour to believe that these coincidences could happen. And it's an incredible movie. It's that's issue that these are issue one and two of the newsletter for a reason. Um, and I think issue either three or four was would be my number three movie, which is Getting Even with Dad, uh, which is a fucking boom out of the park banger. Um, I don't that's not Donald Petrie, is it? I don't think it is. Um, wait, it might be. Oh my god, if Getting Even with Dad's, I think. If getting even with dad's Donald Petrie, I might, I don't have any tattoos. I might get, I might get DP tattooed on me and then people can guess what it's for. Uh, oh, yes, sir. <laughs> you know I mean? It's so Some people might Doug take that wrong. Brandon. I'll be like, so you're a film buff too. I take it. Um, but <laughs> so getting even with dad, Macaulay Culkin, uh, with the worst fucking like mullet, um, gets dropped off with his deadbeat dad, Ted Danson, also with a bad mullet ponytail. Uh, Ted Danson and his gang of crooks um, are trying to rob this rare coin and they do and they're trying to like broker it and sell it and make one big like, you know, one big last criminal move and get out of the crime life. And Macaulay brags his father to like or bribes, sorry, not brags, bribes his father to uh, be a father and take him and do shit with him and, or else he'll turn them into the FBI. And... It's a perfect movie. I fucking loved it when I was a child and saw it in the theater with my mom. Like, I love this movie. And I tried to show it to my mom last year. She's like, we n I never saw this. And then we put it on. She's like, oh, my God, I remember this whole thing now. I was like, yeah, it's fucking. That has, I think, a three uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that is a, a, a banger. Because um, Macaulay and Danson, the, the combo of the century, two of my icons together. You know what I mean? Um, so, okay, that's that's my top three. Let me, let me try and think of two outlying big fucking hits here oh saving silverman of course saving silverman starring jason biggs of the pie fucker from american pie um Dick. and nice. uh steve zahn jack black before he got big amanda pete in one of her hottest roles uh her hottest was whole nine yards uh because she has the gun topless like come on that's i got like that picture saved like 18 times different spots on my phone this is my background <laughs> at different times in life you know but you need a little inspiration of amanda pete and hell her, yeah and her perky pair with that gun Sorry to be a little misogynistic, but that's that's just life. Um, so uh, yeah, this Jason Biggs is like gets dared. They have like also Neil Diamond's like the centerpiece of the movie. They're like a Neil Diamond cover band. They're obsessed with Neil Diamond. Um, they like push him to date Amanda Pete, and she's like pushy and molds him into like the man she wants him to be. And his friends are like, we got to save him, even though she's just making him be like a decent human, and like they're just not aligned. It's like why and like you know. It's just like one of those stupid fucking movies, but Neil Diamond's in it, and like it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, that was on HBO every single day when I was in like eighth, ninth, tenth grade. So I've seen this movie 150 times, and just like one of those that I could just I'll just say a quote from my roommate will do that. Like I have friends my age will just be say something from that movie because that was just like our background noise, I'm like smoking and shit. Like that's that's also that's a, a perfect fucking bad movie. It's so bad. Um, but it's it's filmed well. It's very watchable. I've like I said, I wouldn't watch it a hundred times if not. Um, and let's let's think of one one last one. Damn. Um, I'm gonna cheat. We're gonna go with Whoopi Goldberg's 1993 to 1996 output. We're gonna just say watch yeah. watch some the whole wa everything. Yeah. Let's from just say there. Made in America because <laughs> the movie's so wrong 
And Ted Danson and Whoopi had a very problematic relationship. She had him do blackface at her roast and pictures leaked. What the fuck? She asked him to, and he didn't want to do it. And like, I, the thing is though, their problematic relationship had to happen so that Ted Danson could take a lower paying movie because there was a little controversy. And then he (laughs) met Mary Steenburgen and he's been married to her for like almost 30 years now. And they're my, the only Hollywood couple that I've ever stand because they're true love and they've acted in each other's things all the time. But so yeah, Whoopi had to happen for Ted to fully come back to greatness because who would have knows if we would have got Becker and Becker's Mm. like top five TV shows of all time. So sick. Damn, that was you truly are an encyclopedia on fucking bad movies. It's kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an well, I'm an encyclopedia on useless knowledge. I don't know anything that has anything to do with how the universe functions, science, math. Um, I'll, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's I'm a knowledgeable idiot. That's that's about as good as I can get. Yes, sir. I love that. You know, so we've talked a lot about movies. We've talked a lot about just the different projects you've come on, but something else that you are have an encyclopedic knowledge on uh, is God's gift to man: sodies, soda pop, soda. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I wa- yes. Oh yeah, pop, baby. Soda pop for my Midwestern friends. Soda for us New Yorkers. Cold drinks for my southern friends. Cokes for everybody in Georgia. They just call everything Coke in Georgia, I guess. They do. And Alabama as well. Oh, yeah. No, and then cold drinks. That's the other one down south. Cold drinks? Yeah, what cold, the fuck? Yeah, cold drinks Ugh. means like you getting a soda at a restaurant. Oh, we got cold drinks. Okay. Every Weird. region's got a thing. It's You know what sure, I mean? Sure. It's the divided states up in here. We're all we're all our own different little pocket, you know? I, I, I hate everybody that's like still to this day refers to soda as pop. Like pop drives me nuts because it's pop is what you call it like when you're five. But there's like a whole region of the country that it's it's pop and I just don't get it. Yeah, I respect it because everybody's got their dialect. Um, of course, of course. I'll say, you know, I'll say pop in a rap here and there, but I'll usually name the sodas I'm drinking so people know I'm about that life. Um, Hell yeah. You know, gotta let them know my real life. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't talk about violence and shit in my raps or selling drugs I don't sell. I talk about the flash shit I do. So, you know, that's what, that's what I you love gotta that. Do. Everyone everyone's talking about everyone's talking about uh, uh pop smoke, but hey, I'm just trying to I'm, I'm just trying, trying to smoke, smoke and drink pop. some pop, you know? Yeah. Well, this spitting. Uh so that brings us to the ultimate question. We got to know. Give us the top 5 greatest sodas of all time. Okay. So, I'm going to I'm I will let you know I have a peach bias. I love peach things. So okay. peach is peach is going to pop up. Um first off, I got to I got to I I'm going to go with my favorite first and then the actual true answer second. Um but my favorite okay. so my favorite so is a peach Fanta. Uh it's regional, so I I don't have it that often. Um I'll get peach crushes, I'll find peach sunkissed every once in a while, peach knee high, all a million peach sodas, peach fagos. There's something about a peach Fanta that tastes like you're biting into an actual Georgia peach, and it's really only available from like South Carolina down to Florida and like over to Texas. Wow. And like I, that sucks. Yeah, when I come upon it, I get it. <laughs> but like the way Exotic Pop and all those companies have blown up in the last few years, like, hey, I wish I did that fucking first because I've had Exotic Pop in my dining room for a decade and a half. Um, but the way those companies blew up, now everybody's aping on shit, and you can't order anything. That's not like directly from a, a marketplace for a good price anymore. Everybody like even two, three years ago, I was getting Japanese sodas on eBay for for 10 bucks a piece. And like now the same ones are 25 coming from America. And it's like, that's crazy. Like, you know, Jones soda walked so that big soda could steal everything. You around. know what I mean? No, and, and, and Jones, Jones, 
may be in my top five when it rounds out. But so number two is the true best soda that we have in the United States of America. And the most American you can ever be is drinking one of these. It is a Coca-Cola from McDonald's. Coke Classic. Oh, so good, dude. Oh, yeah, because it's so good. In the, in the steel drum. Right. See, okay, you know, you know. Bags. So, yeah. So, A, yeah. it's not only that. The, the CO2 canisters are also chilled. They chill the flavor, the syrup flavor, and they chill the CO2. So McDonald's has like this proprietary thing, and Coke won't let anybody else do it because they signed this whenever in the 80s or 90s. And that's wow. why a McDonald's Coke tastes different than any other Coke on the planet. And Are you putting McDonald's Coke over like a Mexican glass bottle Coke? I have to. McDonald's Coke washes the spirit <sighs> clean. And that's yeah. it. Doug, he's an American well, man. USA, USA, USA. definitely my number two. And then number three is the classic 12-ounce can, just like ice cold out the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my those are my three Cokes. Um, and then there's a million. Am I a freak for saying uh, vanilla Coke is my favorite? Not Coke? at all. Vanilla is amazing. Uh, I hate is vanilla Coke. I think it's the most disgusting thing next to cream soda, personally. Which but brings you, us you. to number three. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do it. Canada Dry Cream Soda. Oh, love cream soda! Oh, that's fucking gross. And it was gonna be Jones, but I can't put Jones because Jones cream was my favorite for a long time. Canada Dry obviously is mostly known for ginger ale. I feel like I'm on an episode right now, which this is I, <laughs> my first season. It was I'll cook and then show you a soda you haven't drank, and my friends will drink it with me, and we all just mm, this is good like that, you know. And yeah, I give yeah. a little breakdown, but um, Canada Dry has a bunch of non ginger ale flavors. Uh, they got like a peach that's very good. They got pineapple that's great. Um, but their cream is fucking banging. I can only get it in like, I'm down in Jersey a lot. And, and just cause that's like one of my swoops. Cause if I'm not leaving town to eat directly white castle, I'm going to go to Wegmans or Stu Leonard's or one of my favorite grocery stores. We don't have, um, it's mostly a grocery store geek as well as convenience. Um, but yeah, they have it like in certain stores in Jersey, like in certain stores in Mawa and Paramus that like, I know I'm going to get it at and I'll go buy 10 at a time. Like I got five at my house right now. It's just like. I need that around. It's it's fucking the perfect cream soda. I love clear cream sodas. It's got the perfect balance of vanilla and bubbles. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, it's it's good if you. It, I I think there's more Canada Dry options in Australia actually. Because um, I was gonna say you said clear cream soda. This is a a new thing. For yeah, because we only yeah. have brown and pink. Oh, you guys got pink too. So yeah, pink's like Canadian. Um, and then there, well, so there's a couple pink American ones, but they don't last. And then we have like offshoots that are more like bubblegummy sodas, like big red and big blue that are cream soda basically, but they're just like colored sodas. Um, big blue might've, big blues in my top 10 for sure. Um, it's, it's a perfect soda. It's better than the red, but I feel like maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe it's not, um, Australia, but I feel like Australia has like some Canada dry, like funky ginger ales. Like they have like a peach ginger ale and like they might have a cream ginger ale, um, but I also could be completely wrong here. Um, I'm free balling. I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious, but yeah, I will. I wish I could send you a fucking case of this cream soda though. Cause it's so yeah. good. I feel like the, the, uh, the customs, uh, fees on it may be a little hefty with how heavy <laughs> soda is, but I mean, we'll figure something out, Charlie. We want, I want to get you tasting this cream soda. It's fucking amazing. Absolutely. Well, cause, cause we have. Bundaberg ginger beer, which is like known as the best. Oh my god, I love Bundaberg. Yeah, the, Their guava is my favorite. Yeah, the guava's really good. It's I'm so not, good. I'm not a guava guy, but their ginger beer and their lemon lime and bitters are fucking nuts. Love it. Yes. So good. So good. Yeah, that shit's good as hell. 
And that's like, that's not one we get everywhere. Like that's one I go to cost plus world market, which is like a little chain. Um, that's just got like an international growth. It's like pier one imports. Like they got like wood furniture and then like in the back they have import groceries. Dick. It's like nice. It's a great fucking store. I got to drive two hours to get to one, but it's worth it. Um, that's when I'll get there. Do you have um, Tim Tams there? They have Tim Tams. Yeah. Okay. And actually uh, Trader Joe's just put out Trader Joe's Tim Tams and they're fucking phenomenal. I, ju- I just ate a whole pack in one sitting uh, three nights ago. So, so one of my, one of my friends and another Doug shouts out, uh, Miami Doug, you know who you are. Um, Big shout, Miami Doug. And he he sent me a photo, and the name of them is like, it made me laugh so hard. It's like Australian. Hang on, I'll pull up the name. It's like, uh, I yeah, I have the box in the other room still. Yeah, it's like it's sitting with my recyclables. Uh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, it's like yeah, Australian style. Uh, chocolate covered wafers, or like it's something like that. It's at least it's not like. A, a quasi racist like name you know wait so is it pocky it's like australian no, they're, pocky. They're like, no i'm yeah it's like kevin i'm glad that you're right to say it's not racist no because that's well no because like that's trader joe's has like some questionable <laughs> names about their stuff sometimes you know so it's but it's like ah yeah you know. are you familiar are you not familiar with that charlie Mm-mm. yeah oh uh, yeah, so yeah trader, trader joe's bad. is only america um oh yeah yeah a lot of their a lot of their international cuisines have like trade like trader jose will be the name of it if it's a mexican thing you know it's just like trader giotto well italians aren't people so it's fine um (laughs) yeah yeah fredo Fredo phobia phobia. so i'm almost all irish and as any irish man will tell you all we want in life is to be italian so (laughs) i can say that because i've I've desired to be an italian my whole life i don't think it's real or i could have done it by now you, know. you want the you want the <laughs> my, orange to be red. My 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 North Jersey Italian alter ego is Vinny Bernsaluccione. <laughs> I, I tried to go by Vinny a couple years ago, it didn't take off because I'm like everybody calls me Kev. Like, why not? No, I'm not Vin. I got a whole other half of my name that people <laughs> like. People should be calling me Vinny. Yeah, like, I'm oh, fucking I love Vinny, that. right? No, but it didn't take That's off. Great. Takes, every time I try, it never takes off. I'm but. on the edge of my seats. I need two more sodas from you. Yeah, I was gonna say I got off on a tangent here. Uh, pineapple Fanta, we're going to throw that in because that's an all-time favorite. Okay. Um, that's kind of regular, degular. You know, you can get that anywhere, but that's uh, – well, now because now we can get it in fucking Albany. Um, and then my last one. Damn. Um, this is tough. I know what it should be, and I'm going to be curious to what you say. I, I'm I, And I'm curious to what, what your thought would be. Um, damn. We're, I, I think we're going to have to go – with Pepsi Blue, which is almost sacrilege, um, because I'm so anti Pepsi, it's not even fucking funny. Like I, I will refuse to drink a Pepsi uh, mm. anywhere. Pepsi Blue, as in just like standard Pepsi. No, so Pepsi Blue was a a blue berry, not blueberry, but a neon blue berry flavored soda that was not a cola that Pepsi put out in 2002 to 2004. I drank quite a bit of them as a child. Uh, the taste like never left my mind. It was just one of my favorite sodas and they discontinued it. Um, and then like Baja Blast took over as that like, oh, this is my like thing I like now at this point. It was like the same year it traded off. Like Taco Bell started having Baja Blast. So that was like my my one PepsiCo treat I would have for myself because I'm kind of a Pepsi hater, but I like Mountain Dew. Um, like special <laughs> Mountain Dews. I don't really drink the regular. But um, yeah, yeah, so Pepsi Blue got brought back this year uh, for the summer. I think I have four or five cases still at my house. I was not playing around. I went and scraped an entire Walmart an hour from here and then it started being everywhere. So 
it's it's amazing it's very it's it's bright um it's i think they discontinued it because the original one the the chemical coloring they were using for it was banned in a few countries uh so hopefully they revamped that (laughs) that rules so i'm definitely blue inside uh you know from my childhood but that's that's (laughs) that's my five i there's a i got a ton of honorable mentions i could throw in there but i'm i would have to like i did a little soul searching as you could see that was that was what spoke to me i said you know that little voice because until if it didn't come back like this year, I still would be like, bring that shit back, like immediately, bring it back, and I will run to the store and buy it. Like that's, and I'm glad yeah. I stockpiled. But what did you think I was gonna have in there? Oh well, you you alluded to it, and I'm glad that it was like the predecessor to it. Uh, but I was gonna say Baja Blast has to be in the top five. But the oh, fact yeah. that you have like the OG Baja Blast in there, I'll I'll respect that. Yeah, the, and that's the thing because Baja Blast is. Like that is if I'm going by like what the top five sodas are, because mine's kind of a mix of my favorites and what I think sure. the most elite are. Um, like Baja Blast would be top five because then I would throw Dr. Pepper yep. in there. Like there's there's some there's some god level sodas that are just like, but my top five, if I'm gonna pick like five sodas to drink, those are gonna be the ones I, that I would never get sure. sick of. Ever. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh kind of shifting gears a little bit to what we're typically drinking soda with and food. Uh, you know, you are I would consider you a pretty prolific food guy. I mean, when I first met you, you were Mr. Burns, the chef cooking at the, at the Throwing Fits barbecue. Uh fucking delicious food, by the way. Um and so Thank but you. you also shout out shout out to Broaze. Shout out Broaze rocking dude. Uh you review food you eat food a lot of your content does revolve around food in some way uh take us through your ideal menu like if you're if you're sitting and that doesn't have to be a traditional you're sitting down at a restaurant like if you were gonna sit down and customize your own starter like my like my last yeah like a last meal my ideal your starter your main your dessert and what you're drinking like give it to us oh yeah okay so we are going to start with and it's got I got it's got to be specific. It can't just be any one. Like it's got to be from a place that I already respect. We're going to do a nice plate of fried calamari with a good Caesar salad, ideally a kale Caesar, and mm. we're going to have a half dozen oysters, and that's going to be our starter course. <laughs> nice. From where? From what restaurant? Okay, so um, not to not to jump and be very biased about a restaurant I've worked at on and off for a long time, but Grappa 72 in Albany is the best Italian we have around. They have the best Caesar salad and they have the best calamari. However, if I'm going to pick this, there's a place um, that does not exist anymore um, that I I would pick take their calamari. It exists in a new um, fashion, and I'd actually love to get an episode uh, on there, so big shout out my boy Ian. Uh, he's the chef there now. It was our like most renowned restaurant in the area forever. The guy retired and left, and and one of my good friends actually took over as uh, as uh, the chef, and um, they just completely, it's not the same menu, obviously, because it's a new chef, so it's a whole different identity. They changed the name, but New World Bistro, RIP, their calamari, um, which will completely go against the Caesar, because theirs uh, has a little little spiciness a little peanut to it um but that's the perfect calamari and then you can take bites and then like choose to you know have your plain bites to go with the caesar and the oysters are going to come from um well if we're if we could just grab from wherever uh we're gonna go with eventide out of portland maine uh best oysters i've ever had um instead of just giving you tabasco they had tabasco ice and they had like pickled onion ice so you just like scoop some little ice chunks on your oyster and slurp it down it was a fucking interesting one. yeah i want to go back asap i love i love portland maine uh great place i'm gonna be going back 
probably before my birthday because get a little shitload of weed and a bunch of seafood. It's fucking heaven for me. Hell um, yeah. Was that one of the ones that you did on your season finale? Of- yes, that was yeah, that was that was yes. definitely on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, a top meal of the year. Um, the same with the brown butter lobster roll that they had was fucking great. I'm usually not a sucker for lobster rolls, but everyone's like, you got to get this. It's on like a, a like a bow style bun, and oh, it was fucking amazing. That place is worth the the hour and a half wait we had because we just walked around smoking blunts before we went in. You know, it's fucking it's Maine. There's cheap weed everywhere. I got my med card, so I'm fucking king out there. Um, nice. It's just like it's it's a fucking buyer's market out there. If you got if you're if you got your med card, it's great. So if you got your medical card, go to Maine and smoke some fucking designer runs from fucking uh, whatever their name is, the delivery service I was using. They good as hell. Um, anywho, so we're gonna move on to our secondi, our second course here, and we're going to do a simple Parmesan risotto with diced asparagus on top. Um, a very small portion because that shit will explode in your stomach. Uh, but I. I love going super against the Italian grain because I guess Italians really don't eat risotto as a first course. Like that's going to be like the main thing. Uh, but I am, I love Parmesan risotto. I like it with just a little something on top and that's going to be our, our slide in for our, our mid course here. And our, from where, 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 where is this from? You got to oh, okay. specify specify the restaurants each time so that we can get the uh, honestly get the full vibe. I don't have a favorite Parmesan risotto. I've had a lot of great places. I was more I was kind of just thinking in general. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I mean, we can say Grappa seventy two because their their Parm risottos out off the chains. Shout out to my guy Armand. He's a phenomenal phenomenal restaurateur. Um. Yeah. Uh, a little Parm risotto. Um. And then for our main course, uh, we're going to throw it back. Then if I gotta pick a specific thing uh we're gonna go back to a meal i had in 2015 uh, at david burke kitchen in the city um or one of his places i don't know i was there with, with my ex and, and a couple of our friends and it was a succotash dish with scallops like big diver scallops and little pieces of pork belly so i try not to eat that much pork anymore um just for my own reasons um, I try not to eat a lot of meat, except for White Castle sliders. But uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's not, not really meat. Anyway, Let's be you know? real here. And so. I get Impossible ones half the time. They got Impossibles there that are good. And they White Castle does Impossible. It's the best bang for your buck. It's two bucks, and they don't like weigh it out because they got to put it on a different grill. So it's like half the size of an Impossible Whopper. That's like nine bucks, and it tastes Damn. better because it tastes like a White Castle nice. burger. And you can get fucking you know crispy jalapenos on that shit now because they got jalapenos for their sloppy joes. Um, but yeah, so. Damn, for so that's like that's gonna definitely be the main course. Um, if I have to pick a specific place, otherwise it would be a toss up between like a good a good piece of fish, uh, with some greens next to it and a nice citrusy kind of sauce. That's like my ideal, or like a fruit kind of like a you know like a mango butter or some kind of thing like a nice piece of fish, a nice snapper, a nice mahi mahi. That's like I love a nice piece of fish with some greens next to it, some you know some broccoli rabe, some kind of some asparagus, some kind of I love vegetables. Um. I mean, you may not, it may not appear so, but I love vegetables. Um, and then, uh, for dessert, we are, we're going to just get fucked up here. Uh, we're going to eat like six things. We're going to go for a piece of tiramisu from Grappa 72 because it's the best tiramisu on earth. And that's not just being like, oh, I guess I'll pick this place. I dream about Tia's tiramisu consistently. Um, we're going to grab that. We're going to grab an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's milk and cookies. And we're going to fucking face that as well. And then uh, we need something hot too, right? So, oh, just a really good fucking cup of coffee. Um, that's that's gonna work. We're gonna fuck ourselves up though. We're gonna get some tiramisu and some ice cream. So yeah, my taste lead towards Italian if I gotta ideally pick. But um, I, I I eat everywhere. Um, 
if you ask me tomorrow, it might've been different answers, but that seems to be my go-to of like, what do I, what am I thinking right now? I'll get a Caesar and some oysters. I'll get a Caesar and some calamari. Like I'll get, you know, I want this piece of fish. I want, you know, I, I, I want some risotto. Like that's, that's what my brain goes to when I can't think of something or I didn't go someplace for something specific. But that's the other thing is like, I'll see something on Instagram and, and be like, I'm going there Saturday and like, go get a reservation and go eat. Like that's how I did with wild air. I just like waited till the night when they were open. Cause they were fucking, you couldn't do reservations. The second they launched reservations, I was like, yo, I'm leaving work early. Like I'm going down to the city and I'm eating oysters and fucking wild air was amazing. So that was worth it. You know, like it's worth it to me to, to go take the time and go, go to these places in the city. And I mean, we got great restaurants around here too, but you know what I mean? I like all these places I follow on Instagram, get me as a fucking sucker. I went to this one bakery an hour away, like two weekends in a row, just, just cause I found them. I was like, I need these cruffins. So I'm in there. You know? Hell yeah. Look, Mr. Burns, it's been a privilege. And uh, all this all, all this food talk pleasure, has gentlemen. got me hungry. So, so, give us one final plug where we can find you. And, uh, and then let's close it out because, oh boy, this has been a fucking fun yeah, episode. Well, I think we all need a bite here. Yeah, it's been a blast. I appreciate you guys having me. So you can follow me on Instagram, Mr. That's spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R underscore Burns. Um, on Twitter, it's the same thing, but with two underscores at the end. Um, Mr. Underscore Burns, two underscores. Um, I got, you know, I'm a link tree guy. I got all my links in my fucking bio, you know. Um, I didn't update Instagram for like three years. I just updated it so now I can put links in my stories. I'm like, oh, I should have. I didn't want the shopping button, so I just never updated in two th- in 2019, and I've had old Instagram since. <laughs> but so now I got links in my stories. That's helpful. Um, but yeah, all, all my links are in my bios on both of those. You can subscribe to both of my newsletters. That would be wonderful. Uh, you can keep a, a lookout for um, you know I'll 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 post pretty much anything I do. Um, you know, announcements coming for music. Like I said, if you're in the area on my birthday, we have some info for that. But please come to the release party. That would be a blast. Uh, it's gonna be a blast. I'm gonna bartend and uh, and and rap. That's gonna be fun. Um, and yeah, shit. Follow me and uh, and I'll see you there, guys. We love it, Mr. Burns. It's been a pleasure. We love you. Thank you for all your contributions to Parasocialite so far. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been another episode of Parasocialites, and remember, guys, invest in your parasocial relationships. Invest in your parasocial relationships.